I usually have some extensions, but they're like way too long. You know what I'm saying? So I've got, I'm just fi still figuring all this out. Me and uh, the chief of campus police here, he's been building an undercarriage for my table to hide all the cords. Right. So I've been, I'm getting all the networking worked out. So, yeah. Well, hey, so you've come on the podcast once before. We had an interview right when COVID started. Yeah, it was right when the world shut down. Yeah. And then we were trying to figure out what in the world do we do? Strange times. <laughs> we podcast. Uh, so, so you started a podcast around this around that same time, right? Is, or did you start it previously? Well, I, I had I had my idea for what I wanted to do because I, I was working at Arkansas PBS. Which is all, I use the resources all the time. Teaching Arkansas history, dude. All the time. I oh, use yeah. Those resources. They do great work, and I, you know, I'm still friends with everybody there. Still love them. They're some of my, some of my best friends, really. You know, we text all the time. But you know, when are we going to go mm -hmm. have tacos again? That, that's the most important thing. <laughs> but uh, you know, I was doing a, a podcast there called Country Fried when the American Idol thing came up, uh, and it, actually, the last episode that I did was the Bobby Bones interview that I did the day of my American Idol audition. That was back in February. And I knew I wanted to keep doing podcasting even after I left Arkansas PBS. But the way that the timing worked out, you know, it, it started immediately because once I was gone from there, it was the American Idol thing started. So you start getting phone calls and emails. You're like, okay, I'm booking these shows. I'm going to do these things. And, you know, then decide, okay, I'm going to move to Nashville. You know, I start looking at apartments yeah. and start looking for different opportunities. And then the whole world caves in, you know. <laughs> so now you're like, okay, where where do we go from here? How, how do I pick up these pieces? So going through the whole – I'll stop eventually. I, I, this This story will not go on as long as – I think some of them did last time, but <laughs> no, no. Hey, dude, so I was, I got to my last podcast. I talked, the guests talked a fair amount, but they just, they weren't talking a lot. So I talked a lot yeah. and it's actually great when the guest talks a lot. I'm like, yeah, please. But then somebody was like, this dude talks way too much talking about me. And I was like, yeah, but yeah, well, it's, it's, it's your it's, show. It is. That's a, that was kind of some a bunch of people were like fans, like Hope uh, a, Hope Adair from the radio station. She was defending me and stuff. Bless her heart. But um, it, you know, it is like it, it just is organic. It's like sometimes the guests talk a lot. I did a podcast a few weeks ago with three other people, all digitally, and there's a couple of weird moments. It's like I don't I don't have conversations with three people simultaneously very often, right. and they were all smarter than me too. They were historians from U of A. <laughs> so, that helps. You, yeah, you, you can let them go on a little longer when you get. I, I remember once uh, years ago because I've always dabbled in podcasting, and back when internet radio was a thing, yeah. you know, that's now they call it podcasting. That's basically the only difference is we have to cut the music out because we got busted on the you know on the music rights and we're not always live anymore sometimes we are but you know most of the time it's just recorded now but it's still a lot of the old internet radio pirates yeah. are doing the the podcasting now but i didn't know it was illegal back when i was doing it i was like 13 you know that's so why i didn't know that starting an internet stream and playing all of this music from my collection was illegal because i wasn't paying royalty i had no idea what that meant i just thought i was playing these cool records and doing this show and getting guests and it was amazing because it was before Facebook became as big as it is now and as guarded as it is now. There were no blue check marks. So there was no, like, you know, safety net of, you know, public figure spaces or anything like that to where, you know, you had these verified pages and everything. I would just find artists that I liked on Facebook and verify based on their mutual friends if it was really them or if it was a fake profile. And I would just reach out to them through there and ask if they wanted to do an interview totally not the way you're supposed to do it. and how, how do, oh the shit that's how i do it now <laughs> well and, and you know a, a lot of times it works but you know usually you're supposed to go through their publicist or their manager i've, or something. I've had to do that. i undercut the whole thing and but how i only got you, i only got told no once uh and it was uh, jizzy pearl from love hate and he just left la guns and that was kind of a bummer because I, I really liked his voice and everything but he he uh I don't know if he wasn't in a great mood or whatever, but yeah, I just I got told flat out no by him. But yeah. and where I, where I was going with that, talking about guests who just talk a lot. I interviewed Jim Dandy from Black Oak, Arkansas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about Black Oak, Arkansas. Uh, 
I had this author uh, Van Halen Rising on. Yeah, I'm going to watch Greg that. I've got off. it bookmarked on my YouTube to it's watch. It's good. He's on Audible, too, if you listen to audiobooks. He's got two of his books on Audible. The, the Van Halen book and the one about the producer. Tedwell, I think, is the name. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. But he brought up that. Mike Oak, Arkansas, because uh, he said that uh, Van Halen's like, look, we gotta we got to dress like Black Oak, Arkansas. Oh, yeah. David Lee Roth saw Jim Dandy in a club. I think it was at the Whiskey. Black Oak, Arkansas was playing at the Whiskey, and, and, and Roth walked up to Jim Dandy and was – you know, like, hey, I'll, I'll do my best David Lee Roth. Hey, man. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Uh, he, he was just asking, you know, can I take some pictures of you? You know, kind of get an idea of what you do. And Jim was fine with that. And mm-hmm. The downside was Roth got categorized as a Jim Dandy knockoff for a while. But if you watch those two perform, they're, they're really different. You know, David Lee Roth, you know, he, he a lot of times he'd go with no shirt, White pants, blonde hair. That's about the only parallel with Jim Dandy he had. You know, other than that, David Lee Roth did his own thing completely. Mm-hmm. And I, but I asked Jim Dandy about that on on my on my show back when I had him on there. And uh, you know, you'd ask him one question, he'd talk for half an hour before oh, yeah. the, the next one came. I suppose that rubbed off on me a little, but. <laughs> It's, man, this this whole exchange is just—it's a unique deal. Like it's, it, you know, it 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 goes with like a normal conversation, but we both—I uh, think everybody involved usually—it's like, well, we're recording, so how do we perceive that? You right. know, and it's some people like I've had some people to go Ricky Bobby on me, and they just like what I do, what I do with my hands right now. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, car uh, ran real good. <laughs> just real pleased how everything went. <laughs> Uh, I've had one guest big time like that. And I've had some guests say no, too. I'll say the only real guest I've had say no is now coming on the podcast. So There you go. Yeah, I'm excited. That's when you know that you've achieved that that victory. Where you're like, okay, now they're not saying no. They commented on some podcast I put up, and I was like, hey, you know, I really want to have you on here. And they're like, all right, I'll do it. Well, see, and that's... In that case, that's probably what it took of you know them seeing the kind of show that you do and going, okay, I could do this. Mm-hmm. You know, in the case of where I got told no, I think he was just kind of. Well, how ass. how old were you when you started <laughs> podcasting? Like, well, how old how old were you? Uh, I was oh man, probably twelve or thirteen when I first started. But it was you know it was live internet radio is what it was. Mm-hmm. You know, broadcasting to all of nobody at the time. I I just thought you know you hit broadcast and somebody might be listening somewhere I had no idea and thankfully nobody was listening because i had no clue what i was doing you know, there was this old program i miss it terribly i still wish that they were in business it was called you broadcast and it, it was all audio stuff and you could upload songs into a music library and the only thing was if you didn't upload just one at a time when you would go to a music break it would put it on shuffle so you never knew what song it was going to play and the downside was the listeners had to download the audio player it wasn't just like streaming on a website or something but you know i had four or five friends that would download it and listen and so that was cool i'm trying to remember if i if any of the interviews i got were while i was on you broadcast or not i don't remember I almost don't think they were. I think that was when I moved to Ustream, uh, yeah. when, when that kind of started. Which Ustream is not the same as it was, but used to it was. You know, now you got the video aspect of it, so I'd put up photos and YouTube videos and stuff like that while I was on. But uh, man, that that was just a really a, a good training ground for me to try to get an idea of, of what this is, and ended up majoring in journalism out at Tech. Just just. That, over, that's where you met here. Billy Reader. That's where I met Billy Reader. He's still and, looking for his CD. Okay, I saw it in the comments section the other day. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and, and I, I, I didn't mean for it to be this long that he's been waiting on that, but you know, it just it worked out. That yeah, way. he's comedically. Coming, he's coming on. Uh, let's see when, uh, like next weekend or something. I've got him coming back, and we're we're training sword fighting before the podcast. <laughs> Uh, oh no! So he's going to be sword 3rd. fighting now. Yeah, he's trained some kendo, and I train kendo with a guy one day a week. This orthopedic surgeon from Clarksville, uh, guys, uh, Philippines Chinese Chinese guy from the Philippines, and he comes in and trains me in sword once a week. And Billy's like, I want to learn sword, so we sword, we sword fight. <laughs> he is going to be a pirate. 
I mean, yeah, by the time it's all said and done, I got some pirate-esque swords over there that he can, you know, so the kung fu swords are kind of like pirate blades. But, uh, yeah, he's, man, he's a hoot. I, I really enjoy talking to him. He's, been he's on. a good guy. Yeah, yeah. And I'll, I never always what you see is what you get. You know, one of, one of my favorite things about him, somebody asked once, uh, it was my freshman year, and somebody in our class asked him, Mr. Reader, why is it you wear the same color shirt every day? You just wear like a plain black T-shirt or a plain red T-shirt. That's all you ever wear. And he said, you know why I wear that? Because... I don't want to be pegged into, oh, I'm supporting this brand or this brand. I think people focus way too much on that. A T-shirt is a T-shirt, and these work just fine. And without having some company name on it, it's like a third of the price. So I'm fine with it. I'm okay with not having he the built the his own room. cabin, too. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, but when he says that, everybody's kind of like, you know, he's right. <laughs> Instead of paying $30 for the same T-shirt that says Abercrombie and Fitch, just you know pay five dollars for it with no brand on it and you'd be amazed it's the same t-shirt and it's fine yeah yeah <laughs> visionary thinking right there yes it is so at what point i saw that you were posting about you had interviewed charlie daniels right you know they saw you post that when he passed away uh, previous uh, just recently but yeah. when, when was it when were you doing those kind of interviews how long did had been been in podcasting when that was going uh, that was last year when i did that that was for the country fried podcast yeah. with the uh, arkansas pbs was it was ATN then but they changed it to arkansas yeah, they pbs just, this just year just changed that yeah you know and that was something that everybody always like just just as localized as everything is on pbs stations everybody thought a lot of those pbs shows were done in conway and, and you know there, there's kind of a beauty to that that you know people think it's all local so they're, they're that's kind of what you go for, but um, yeah, they they just finally decided. You know, people always call us Arkansas PBS. We're just going to change the name to that. So it, it made perfect sense. But but yeah, the the Charlie Daniels thing. Uh, it was it was kind of strange how that one came up. But uh, I was uh, working with a publicist in uh, Nashville. Um, it was uh, oh man, now I'm blanking on the the name. Absolute publicity. Um, now I'm trying to think of his name because I want to give him credit because he was a really nice guy. We can, you can uh, you can message him. We can patch it in the description. Yeah, it, or, or you know, I I got Google. Yeah, go pull it up, <laughs> man. You know, yeah, dude, I, I will. T- I, I didn't want to give him credit on this because he was he was way nicer to me than he needed to be. Go for it. You know, I was. Uh, I'll tell you an embarrassing one. I was sitting on this podcast with with this activist. Uh, he was on, and it wasn't the it wasn't the guy from Clarks that organized the Black Lives Matter uh, rally, but it was another guy that's right. doing similar stuff all over the state. And I was like, I had blanked on what the first date African American slaves were imported. I'm a historian; I teach college classes, so I was like, and two, there's also that New York Times uh, award winning the 1619 Project, and I was like, oh, dude, I'm blanking man like and I, and he's like he didn't know it either so it made me feel better but i was like and i just lectured over it again like two <laughs> weeks ago but it's 1619 okay i've redeemed myself here on the podcast there we go yeah yeah i didn't know it either so yeah you you, you got you got one up there yeah. so you're good yeah but man I, I i hate when that happens and i've kind of i'm comfortable enough with it now that like on on the new podcast that i'm doing the first episode I cut out a few of those spots where I kind of blanked, mm-hmm. you know, what, well, I say a few, there was only really a couple cause I kind of, they're, they're a little bit shorter than what I used to do. I, I figured I would, you know, in, instead of rambling as long as I normally can, which again, I apologize cause that I'm kind of doing it now, but, uh, I just said I'd do smaller segments and just kind of focus on one topic at a time because it, it, it seems like I'd, I'd do a little bit better getting it I out that too, way. I do too, man. Like, like an hour is about uh, – I notice I get the best views and I always, I always try and dial it in, especially if I'm doing a Zoom podcast. I'll just say, yeah. I'm like, let's do an hour. And then they know ahead of time. But, man, I've done like Billy and I. I want to say our only podcast for three hours. Like well, and two when you get the right guest in there that, that can go for that long mm-hmm. and, and doesn't care how long it's going, and they're just, they're just on and you're on, man, there's nothing better than that. Mm-hmm. So I've got Don Murray Grubbs. All right, Don. I knew it was three names. I just could not remember. And and Caroline, too, with the absolute publicity. They were great to me with that Country Fried podcast because – you know, I when I started it, I didn't really have 
a reputation to go off of mm-hmm. for that podcast because, yeah, I had done internet radio and stuff when I was in high school, but that's not something that you want to tell a, a national publicist because it doesn't really mean anything, you know. Oh, I, I had a, an internet radio show that eight people listened to. Okay, that doesn't help my case at all for getting Charlie Daniels, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, but the the first one I actually interviewed Marty Rabin of Shenandoah, and that was the same publicist. Uh, that, that was actually Caroline with Absolute Publicity hooking up with that one. I went to uh, Gillies at uh, Choctaw Casino in Pocola and uh, interviewed Marty and watched the show. Man, I, I got to tell you, that that's still one of the coolest evenings I've, I've ever experienced. So you, but, you did mobile. You went to them. That's... Yeah, I did. had had a little uh, Tascam two, uh, four-track uh, or no, it was, it was an eight track, but it was you could record two at a time. The DP 8 yeah. That I I ended up we we got one of those for the station a little bit after that because I yeah. said I said I got to mobilize. We we need one of these smaller. That's why I got that is to do what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. and I think the one that I ended up ordering for the station was the uh, the Zoom. Yeah, it had, Zoom's very popular. It, it had the most inputs. It had uh, four inputs because I was I was going to do some stuff where I had multiple people on at the same time, which mm-hmm. it, it didn't end up doing any of that before it stopped. But uh, but yeah, the the man the Charlie Daniels interview. I it, it's not that. I mean, I I don't really get starstruck anymore. You know, yeah. To the point where I'm just like fangirling. I mean, maybe in my head I kind of am, but as far as you know not really knowing what to say or going, oh, my God, I love you so much. I don't really do that anymore. I got over that in high school pretty much. Not to say it would never happen, you know. If I met Travis Tritt or Gene Simmons, it might still happen. But other than that, it's it's probably pretty much done. I don't know why I just admitted that. That's not going to help my case at all. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, with, with the Charlie Daniels thing, you know, I had seen him three times, and he's one of my favorite musicians extremely underrated because and there was something that i wanted to talk about with him in the interview people look at him as the fiddle guy yeah and of course his biggest songs are fiddle songs devil went down to georgia south's gonna do it again drinking my baby goodbye those are all fiddle songs so that's how people know him but if you went to see him 90 percent of the show he was playing guitar and he was an extremely great guitar player Never got the credit he deserved. You know, even after he'd had a stroke and and had you know a lot of trouble with arthritis and you know his his hands just weren't doing what he needed them to do anymore. But man, he could still pick that thing so good. It was just amazing to see how well he worked and his band was so incredible. Always picked great musicians, uh, and it, he was just so well spoken too. Not only on stage but off stage. So I knew that was going to be one of those situations where even if I was kind of off during the interview for some reason if i didn't have my a game i knew that he could save it but thankfully it went really well and uh man it, it was just a blast being able to talk to somebody that i'd looked up to for so long and just to be able to talk just about music you know because i got to do the same interview with him that i would like to do with ted nugent someday talk oh, yeah. about the music everybody else wants to talk about well, well what do you think about this politician or that politician no it Let's what, talk about conservation. He's done five interviews today where people asked him the exact same questions. Yeah. Ask him about how he came up with the riff for Stranglehold. You'd be amazed that nobody's asked him that yet. You know, instead, it, it, that's that's the kind of interview I want to do. I want to ask about your music. I want to ask about, you know, your songs. What got into your head when you wrote this? You know, how you struggled through your time in the music business. How you kind of evolved into this, this changing industry where now it's in a weird position where the only record sales to speak of, aside from just the top tier modern artists, are pretty much the classic artists who still have you know their audience buying physical albums and going on itunes and stuff like that but but then at the same time you're not getting radio play so how do you you know how do you make that change you know that that's the kind of interviews that i love to do is it, just talking about that i didn't want to talk about politics and this or that or you know the you know, if you could be a tree what kind of tree would you be you know I, I just i have no patience for that you know so I feel like I've gone on another no, tangent. No, no. Hey, well, let me let me flip that on you. Like, so I, I dig this. So, are you still doing Country Fried Podcast, or, or are you? Or well, is it a sort different of. Name that, it's a different name, but it's kind of. It's. I mean, it's this pretty much the same show because I I did that show totally by myself, started it by myself, and and produced it, hosted it, the whole thing by myself. So it was still kind of my show 
the way that I would do it, even mm-hmm. though it was you know done under the Arkansas PBS banner. So you know, the the country fried that that's that's kind of its own thing. It's done now. Um, so I I didn't really want to start a new podcast that seemed like it was going to be the same thing mm-hmm. because it even though I will I'll still do interviews and I'll still have episodes that are purely about country music but there are other things i want to talk about too you know a lot like what you're doing you know you have a lot of different interests a lot of different people you want to talk to about different things it's it's not the same thing every episode you want to talk to musicians historians newsmakers you know uh, people in the community who have interesting stories just anything and so I, i didn't want to really put too many boundaries around it but i still knew at the end of the day country music was going to be a big part of it just because that's what i do and that's who i am so uh, I just decided, you know, I've, I've got a new song called Country Fried that's on my new album, same name, Country Fried. Oh, and yeah. I like I'm, that. I'm really, I, that's going to be my Margaritaville. That's good. <laughs> you know, we're going to have the, Jimmy Buffett's got the Margaritaville uh, blender and lawn furniture. And I'm going to have the uh, Country Fried rotisserie and, you know, uh, chicken breading. You know, it's I, a I'm, great name, man. Like, that's, I, I dig the, I dig the name. I'm like, I appreciate oh, that, man. Fried. That's some, well, that's. I, I, I was just, the way that I came up with that name, it was, you know, when I was at Arkansas PBS and I was just kind of brainstorming with my boss, Julie Thomas, one night because we were thinking about, okay, now what are we going to call this podcast? It, it can't be, it can't be something that's just like a boring, obvious name, you know, because I, I didn't know exactly what direction because they'd never done a podcast before, so I didn't know what direction they were comfortable starting with as far as, you know, what what tone do we want to go for and, you know, h- how much fun can we have with this before people would accuse us of being silly, basically. Um, and it turns out that everybody was fine with it, which was good news for me. But uh, we were just having a brainstorming session, and I said, you know, this, I said, there's this really oddball movie that I love called The Kentucky Fried Movie. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen that. No. Or not. I mean, it's oh, it is. It's it's absurd. It's offensive. It's it's just it's, and, and it's it's that corny, kind of seventies vibe, but it's 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 there's a beauty to that. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. you know it's it's one of those things where everybody's in on the joke, kind of thing. But yeah, it, it's uh, definitely it's not safe for kids at all. But. Uh, yeah anyway i don't know what got me oh yeah the name so uh i was was talking about you know there's kentucky fried movie you know if if only there was something cool like if we were in kentucky you could call it kentucky fried podcast or something like that i said but you know we're in arkansas so arkansas fried doesn't really make a whole lot of sense and i said you know i guess you know if you call it country fried and then i went huh i like that down home (laughs) yeah i liked it and you can tell just by looking at me that my diet has a lot of country fried in it but uh, the new podcast, the chorus to that song, Country Fried, that I wrote, it ends with American Born and Country Fried. And so I just decided, well, seems like that's kind of staring me in the face. So that's what the name of the podcast is now, Ryan Harmon, American Born and Country Fried. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's still got that country element in there, but uh, there, there aren't really any boundaries on, on what the content could be. You know? And there are a lot of episodes, like last week I just talked about music that I've been listening to, new music that's out that I wanted to talk about and get the word out. Uh, there will be times where I'll just probably be sitting in my car after a show, you know, eating my Rally's chicken wings at 2 in the morning You know, when I come through Conway after a show or something. and you know, I, I, I do love those chicken wings. They are good. They have to cook them fresh when you order them. That's that's part of the beauty of it. So they're always good and hot. <laughs> but oh, yeah. there there were probably times where I just sit there and just record a podcast, just talking about what happened that day, you know, or what's going on. Just whatever feels right to me. Yeah, I think that's important. There's, I want to do more concert reviews on this. I, you know, well there. are Thank you for coming to play fresh music for us today. There, there are a few concerts to go to, uh, even though it seems that that is loosening a little bit right now. I know you've been playing some shows and, uh, here and there. Yeah, I, I think that, and, and this is something that I, I'm really proud of, and I'm not surprised. Everybody in the music business is willing to do what we have to do to get back to work right now. You know, if we're not allowed to have 100% capacity, okay, how much can we have? We'll, we'll do it. We'll figure it out. We'll make it work. And, you know, the, the downside is a lot of the big tours 
they're going to get hit the hardest, oddly enough, because they have the biggest overhead. And so, you know, you're looking, okay, you have a, a full band tour with a, a huge production, you know, 10, 18 wheelers full of gear and, and staging equipment. Well, if you can only play to 8,000 people, whereas normally it would be probably 15,000, 16,000, how, where's, you know, it's either, and I think it's going to be a little bit of both. I, I think that, uh, some of the costs are going to have to go down there. They're going to have to have a little less personnel and cut back a little bit on their production. But at the same time, I think they're going to have to elevate the ticket prices a little bit. Uh, although Doc McGee, from, uh, the manager from KISS, who's a guy I really want to interview too, he was talking on a podcast I was listening to a few weeks ago. He said that he thinks that the ticket prices are actually going to come down to a more suitable level that they should have been at all along. He said consumers are not going to be able to pay these outrageous prices right now, and they're certainly not going to be able to pay elevated prices. He said, I, he said, I was fighting against $100 tickets when it first started. I wanted tickets to stay at 25 bucks, And he the said, fees, it's just absurd. Yeah. And I was surprised to hear him say that, but he's one of the few guys that could get away with saying that because he's been in the business for so long. And when you manage one of the top touring acts in the business, people aren't really going to mess with you. So... Ticketmaster is not going to really fight him on that because they want that kiss tour, <laughs> you yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, but that—that's just uh, that's something that, fortunately, on the smaller level, playing, you know, clubs and restaurants and small theaters and stuff like that. People who are on this level, it's not as much overhead, so we're still going to be able to to kind of do what we've been doing before. Uh, of course, the the restaurants and the bars can't have the same capacity right now, mm-hmm. but we're managing you know we're, we're, we're doing good and it, it, you would be amazed that even when it's 50 percent or 60 percent capacity and you know, whatever the numbers are currently I, I can't even keep up but you know you would be amazed that it's still a really great crowd yeah and the people who come to the show really want to be there they, they're not taking it for granted because we went two or three months without having any live music and i think everybody missed it enough to where now they're like okay I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be in the moment. I'm glad to be here. Mm-hmm. So everybody that comes in is just ready to party. So it's it's actually been really great. I will tell you that oddly enough, even with all of that, last weekend I, I played an event in Little Rock, the Yadaloo Music and Arts Festival, which normally would be a live in person festival. It started last year. Uh, my friends uh, Cliff and Susan Prouse, terrific musicians and absolutely great people who do so much for the music community and, and for charities and things like that. They're just wonderful people. And uh, Anna Brazel, uh, who I just met uh, at, at the Yadaloo Festival last weekend for the first time, but I knew who she was. They put this festival together with, uh, it, even though they have national acts, everything has an Arkansas focus. So the national acts even have Arkansas ties. That, that's what was really cool about it. But the whole thing was digital this year. And they had some people who pre-recorded sets and then had other people who came in and did live performances. And I, I went and did mine live last Saturday. And nice. it, it was so cool because there was still a little bit of a crowd because it was all musicians hanging out, you know. It's people who you hadn't seen in months. And, you know, a couple of people who I hadn't really seen at all aside from just you know we played the same places you know I, I ran into buddy case who's a musician who played around here a lot had I, he doesn't live around here right now but uh, he i remember we had played a show at the at the train depot uh when they were just using the docking station as the mm-hmm. stage before they yeah, yeah. put in that really really cool stage there now but uh, we did a show there once several years ago and uh so i, I had seen him and kind of crossed paths with him but never really got the chance to hang out and talk with him but then there he was at yadaloo last weekend so you know, it, it was just cool to be able to get back to that you yeah. know so uh you know right now it's it's still getting there from a financial standpoint there's still some room to improve but from I think a cultural standpoint from a social standpoint i think it's good for everybody right now that's everybody appreciates it and everybody's in for the long haul so yeah. um but you know it's, it's also a thing of we just have to figure out how to adapt you know they all say adapt and overcome well we're figuring out you know we, we can't just sit at home and not do these shows and we can't have these musicians who are not knowing when the next one so we just figure out what it is you know if we can't go back to and my theory is i'll shut up in a second i swear my theory is 
a lot of the shows that would normally be playing to 15, 18,000 people in arenas might go to stadiums now. Because with some stadiums, with the that. capacity limitations, that would be about what they could have. And maybe they could squeeze in a few more. You know, if you played Nissan Stadium in Nashville, I think their capacity is like 75,000, something I like that. I uh, I'd, I'd I think I saw Roger Waters there, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, my gosh. Dude, we had tickets to see Roger Waters in November again for the third time, and they got refunded. Man, I, I wanted – I'm kicking myself because I'm not a – I'm not really a, a Pink Floyd fan at all, aside from a little bit of stuff. But when he did the tour for The Wall, I, I had heard so many great reviews about it and didn't go when it came through Tulsa. And the reason I didn't go is because the tickets were so high. Mm-hmm. But after it was over and I saw videos from it, I went... Yeah, Roger hates yeah. capitalism, by the way. Yeah, well, <laughs> But his T-shirts are super expensive. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. Well, you know, but I could see why it costs so much. Oh, if you his, look at yeah. the production... Tools, man, the, 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 the amount of stuff that these bands unload, like Tool, uh, Roger Waters. I think Roger Waters had 18 semi-trucks. Oh yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. You know, and that, that was a show that he could do in arenas and stadiums, both. Usually, like even ACDC, they have two separate stages, you know, on their uh, on their Black Ice tour. I went to uh, that, yeah. yeah I was, did you see him in Little Rock? Yes. Great yes, show. Yes, yes, yes. Couldn't hear a freaking thing. But <laughs> I was, was way just, up in the nosebleeds, too, yeah. Man, that, that was – that and Nugent are the two loudest concerts I've ever been Never to. Never seen Nugent. It's, I would though. I would go this it, It's a great show, you know. But and that's that's part of what I'm talking about. Of you know, that's that's where I mean, he's he's still you know he he'll do political rants on stage, which you know that's it's entertaining to see his energy with it, you know, regardless of what you think. But he'll still play all the songs that you want to hear, and he'll dig in and do deep tracks and everything. And he's a great live performer. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, with with the ACDC show, man, that that was so. My only complaint with that was it was almost too loud. You know, I, I was in the lower bowl, and I could hear Angus loud and clear as if his amp was in my head. Could not hear Brian Johnson. Was it at Angus all. or Malcolm that passed away? It was Malcolm. Okay, yeah. And they've they've actually got because they're they're, they're going with to Axel Rose there for a while. Though. They're probably the singer. Uh, yeah, and that Axel did a great job. He did. You he, know, he was even in a wheelchair for part of it. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, and that's just there was nothing more rock and roll than Axel Rose borrowing Dave Grohl's. <laughs> chair you know because dave Grohl for a while had a broken leg and had to yeah. do shows in the chair so he loaned axel rose his chair to do fill-in shows with acdc it's like that, that's like the six degrees of kevin bacon game you know it's like we've already touched three points here but uh, oh, you know there it's been a very poorly kept secret that acdc is going to do a reunion with brian it was going to happen this year obviously that got oh, canned yeah, yeah. i did hear something about that actually yeah, yeah and uh, of course unfortunately malcolm's not here anymore so it's it's not going to be the same because malcolm was the chief songwriter and really creatively he was the guy who led the band in, in different creative directions and was in a lot of ways he was probably the roger waters of, of acdc but uh, they've got their nephew uh Steve, I think is his name, Steve Young, filling uh, filling in for Malcolm, playing the same guitars to the same amps, you know, and of course mm-hmm. it's his last name's Young, so that checks that box too, so it's it's still there. And they got Phil Rudd back in the band, uh, which you know that was. Did Chris, he go, was he is he the bass player? Uh, no, Phil Rudd's the drummer. Okay, okay. Was the bass player like went to? Like prison for murder or something uh, that, was, like that. that was the drummer, Phil uh, Rudd. Uh, okay, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he had, but he's back. Yeah, he'd try to hire a hitman for, for his ex-wife. Allegedly. Yeah, well, I, I think well, well, I think he got convicted, Okay. if yeah. I'm not mistaken. But, you know, he he he, he hit a bump in the road. Yeah, but he's back. <laughs> he's, he's back now, you know, and from the reports I've read, he's doing fine, which is great. Uh, Cliff Williams had retired after the Axl Rose shows, uh, and it was kind of... It was thought that he did not like the fact that there was a chance Axel would continue full time with mm-hmm. the band just because he thought it should be Brian or we or should nothing. retire. You know, that 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 was those were the rumors. He never really said that, you know, as far as actually coming out and just saying that directly. But uh yet uh Phil Rudd's back in the band, Cliff Williams is back in wow. the band. So it, it'll be great. They have a new record done. Uh, there were photos that leaked on Facebook last week that they filmed a music video wow. uh, for one of the songs. So that's it's wow. happening. Uh, when it's going to happen, I don't know. You know, they're one of those bands that they can go play stadiums, and probably will. And if they 
if they kick it up next year, it'll probably be stadiums for 40,000 people. I, I would imagine, you know, because mm-hmm. that would be about all they could do with the capacity limitations. I think the big teller, which I, I, I cannot wait for Razorback football to get started back up. It's you know tomorrow is just it's like finally we got it. But uh, I think that'll be the big teller is how college mm-hmm. sports do in the yeah, stadiums to, sure. to to be able to figure out how music will apply to that in the future. But I, I think it's going to go really well because everybody wants to get back to work. They understand what we're up against and, and they understand what we got to do to keep it moving forward. So I, I think ultimately it'll be fine. And you know, just like anything else. I'm sure the first time the flu came around, people did not have a clue what to do because they'd never yeah. seen it before. But now we have a vaccine. We have a, a much better handle on what it is and, and how to treat it, and we figured it out. So that will eventually happen, too. Don't know when. You know, there's always talk about when when will there be a vaccine and how quickly can it be available, how much will it cost and all that. The fact that we're at least to the stage where they're talking about getting close to that, mm-hmm. I think is a good sign. Yeah. That's that's probably fairly quickly compared to how it would have gone maybe 100 years ago trying oh, to figure sure. out something. So. I mean, you know, the hypodermic needle just came about in the Civil War. Oh, yeah. So well, let me ask you this. So we're in this age where we're talking about digital concerts and, and all this. this is one thing. I saw you post about this on Facebook this week or something. But music listening experiences... Those might be outlawed pretty soon in the digital world, right? Like uh, about like, so I'm going to live stream you playing some of your music today. And as I understand it, as long as you don't have a problem with it, that's not an issue. Or I'm uploading after the fact. I'll live stream uh, one of the songs on the on the Facebook page, as long as right. you're okay with that. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, I saw you post. You're like, hey, this may be the last one. Because you play cover songs and stuff, right? I had Bike Sabbatical. They played some cover songs. Some of them got flagged. Some of them right. not. And, and that's always, you don't know until it happens. And, and that's that's always the thing about it. With, with YouTube, they kind of figured it out they to got, where yeah, got it yeah, if, if you play a cover song, excuse me, where the, uh, the rights holders uh, are cool with it being on there, then you won't be able to monetize that video, but it will be monetized and the ad revenue will go to the song. Goes to them, yeah. And totally fair so the way it should be makes it easy on everybody i think because it, you, and know, you probably will get some more views and subscribers. oh yeah, yeah. And, and you as the content uploader don't have to fool with any of the you know royalties or anything like that it's taken care of by youtube so it, i think it makes it easier on everybody um but with facebook they haven't really they've dipped their toes in the water mm-hmm. but they haven't really jumped into that pool yet um they've talked about it and they do have some licensing agreements with some labels and some uh, some performing uh, performance rights organizations, but they don't have quite the same system as YouTube does yet, and I don't know if they want that. And I think that's why they're putting out you know this this new thing for the for the live streaming guidelines. I did read an article late last night that was really interesting, and it pointed out because it was from uh, CD Baby, which is the uh, I used to know words at one point. Mm. At one point in my life, it's the, the distributor I use for my music. Uh, they sent out an article saying, "We're cutting through all of the BS. Here's what you really need to know." And so that was a great article to read. And based on that, it made me feel a little bit better, just knowing that if I did want to do another Facebook stream, it would be okay, mm-hmm. probably. <laughs> you get uh, uh, some of the streams I've seen you do are like people from all over the world and you're getting a lot of great views and that's that's why i love doing it because you know like you you know there's people that can watch it from anywhere and that's something that i hadn't thought about before uh you know when when i'm playing in conway that's great and i love it and i love seeing all my friends and everything but somebody who is in australia who really likes country music i remember seeing somebody i almost said australia i remember seeing somebody from australia watching your thing and like i have and i I know Australia has a big country music following, but man, it just the amount of people that come in say I'm I'm from Australia, you know, and I, I love that. I'm gonna have to figure out a way to to go there and play a show one day just to see what happens. But uh, but yeah, it's it's cool because people who really couldn't or wouldn't, you know, buy a plane ticket to come see me in 
Fort Smith or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, because it, it, it would just cost way too much to come for one show. But they can be a part of this thing online and, and they can watch it from the comfort of their home. And, and especially because in a lot of places, the restrictions may be different. So even if they wanted to come see me, maybe they couldn't. Uh, so it, it is really cool with that. But as far as with this article I read last night, and I'm I'm going to give it a little bit, and I, I'm not going to be the guinea pig for once. Okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to kind of see what happens. Because I, I trust this source, but I have my doubts about how well it will work or how long it might last. Mm-hmm. So according to this... <clears throat> These are not necessarily new guidelines. They're the same ones that had already been in place as far as not you're not supposed to play copyrighted material. We get flagged playing it in the gym. We'll do right. a Facebook Live, a class, and the music playing in the background, it picks up on that. And that's happened. I saw an old, old flag in my inbox today from like 2016. It's been happening. Oh, yeah. And uh, so that, that, that's something that's always been in place. And the listening experience thing apparently has been in place, too. But I guess that it's been ramping up to be a bigger problem in recent history because people will just, according to the article I read, people will just have a, a static image, nothing else, just one picture, and they'll stream their music, you know, whether it's music they wrote or a playlist they put together, mm-hmm. and just stream that on their Facebook Live. And Facebook does not want that anymore. And... It's their platform, so it's, that's understandable. If, if that's the way they want to do it, they have the right to do that. Uh, it certainly will probably help them with the headaches of uh, the royalty payments and everything, kind of cracking down on some of that. But the, the one thing is they, they did say as long as there's a visual element, like this is totally fine because people can see us and there's, there's a visual element to it. You know, it's, uh, it's not yeah, just yeah. a picture with audio. Like, yeah, I've, I've seen what you're talking about in more than just music, I feel like, too. Right. Like, I've seen people rip off UFCs in real weird ways. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's a big deal. And I, I was surprised to find that, the, well, I, I guess any sporting event would be that way. But, yeah, I was kind of surprised to find that a lot of the, the fights – yeah, they it's it's kind of strange how they will try to bootleg those. Any fight a you want to watch market for before that. noon on Sunday, <laughs> it's on YouTube, man. So yeah, yeah. But I, I, based on this article that I read, I feel a little bit better about the possibility that I could do it again if I wanted. But with this, and the fact that they're, I guess, just kind of cracking down a little more on these restrictions they mm-hmm. already had, it sounds like. What they're doing is uh, anybody who is doing a live stream where they don't really interact with their audience, you know, they, they don't take questions or, or uh, you know, you I'll, get I'll shout outs between requests. every song, man, and talk to people. Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, that's why I saw your post and I was like, damn, that sucks for you because I've seen you interact, right? I've seen what you do, but it, it is some light in the, the tunnel of what you're saying is that they observe like yeah okay they are it's the individual interacting with their audience because there's going to have to be tons of exceptions here right and based on what this article said there's not going to which this doesn't surprise me because after trying to figure out facebook ads i know there's not a human being that's looking at all this stuff it's just a it's just a very flawed system that flags all this stuff did you see that uh the netflix documentary that just came out the this uh the social dilemma I didn't. You know, it's a I worthy watch. I, I'll, I'll admit, I've my Netflix has been down okay, for I, probably I, about two years because I, I just kind of got. I made a joke. Everybody canceled their Netflix two weeks ago. I made a joke in class today because of that. Uh, <laughs> that they released that controversial French film with the kids twerking. Yeah, and shit. I saw that. Yeah, like everybody yeah. I know canceled their Netflix. I did too. I don't have it anymore. Well, and my mine mine has been down just for a couple of years, just because I kind of you know. I got it because Norm MacDonald went to Netflix, and I want, I love Norm. Dude, he's like one of the original OG podcasters. Oh, yeah. yeah. He'd been doing this for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I got it just so I could watch Norm MacDonald stuff on Netflix and then ended up watching, you know, Bill Burr. And, oh, yeah. Uh, the great comedy on there. Oh, man. Uh, Dave, all Dave Chappelle's new stuff oh, on yeah. there. Oh, yeah. They, they've so got good. the market cornered on that. But once I kind of watched all that, and I watched Bill Burr and Chappelle and Chris Rock and Jerry Seinfeld, at that point I was like, you know, I I, I think I'm good. I, <laughs> there's there's not anything at that time. There wasn't anything new coming out that that I wanted to see, so I just kind of let it go. But uh, a friend of mine, uh, Deshaun, 
was on a show uh, called Sing On that just started up on Netflix. He was on there. Uh, I think that I think that just came on a week or so ago. But I, I need to re up that so I can yeah. finally finally yeah. watch that because um, they don't really you know Netflix is really good about you know pulling if people try to upload a Netflix thing to YouTube they'll shut that down yeah, pretty yeah. quick. Uh, but yeah, I, I need. I did hear about that social dilemma, so it's I need to good. watch that. Pretty good documentary. I would still haven't seen the one, the Great Hack. That someone that I keep people keep telling me to watch that one, so I'll, I'll have to check that out. It's, it's a. Uh, I, I don't know what it's about. I think it's about the 2016 election, but I'm not sure. So, but anyway, well, uh, so. What are you gonna play today, man? You got you got some tunes today from the new album. Like, uh, what are you thinking about? Uh, about breaking us off with you want to tell tell uh, any background on any of the songs you got planned or well uh you know i hadn't really given that much thought i usually just i, I usually figure it out once i put the guitar on <laughs> I, well hey that's, that's i'm I glad think, i asked uh, that's an interesting perspective yeah i, I need to you, you're right i should have thought of it before now but i, I think uh i do need to play uh, my new single country fried i that's the one with the music video right that's right i, just, I watched that just recently and i was showing uh your audio uh the american idol video i showed that to my classes right. last week i sent you a picture of that but Man, that they, was cool i appreciate they were that. like this dude is amazing i was like i'm about to hang out with them guys <laughs> it's so but um Man, they did really like. As soon as you started singing, it's like the one I, the first time I heard you sing. Man, I was like, "Wow!" And then I was Thanks, like, man. "This dude's from Lamar." That's what I was. You are from Lamar, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Born so and Clarksville for me. So, and now here in, in Russellville, but I, everybody I run into, I'm like, "This guy's from Lamar." Well, wow. and that's the thing. You know, being from Clarksville, Lamar, Clarksville, Russellville. That's that triangle. It's like that's where we're from. Because that's yeah. that's the point of reference area. Somebody says, "Oh, where are you from?" I'm from Lamar. Where's that? Do you know where Clarksville is? Huh? Do you know where Russellville is? Yeah. Okay. Half Real an hour. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. Uh, well, uh, man, I guess uh, you you ready to jam a little bit? Sure, yeah. man. Well, let's go ahead and do it, and uh, feel free to. We got you a mic up over here. Feel free to just talk on that thing like you're talking on here if you have any stories or anything you want to tell before uh right. before you jam and we'll get you plugged up man sounds good bro. man I, it's been great talking with you Ryan. I, I really appreciate you coming on and uh i'm looking forward to hearing what you got to play me too man I'm, I'm glad i got to come here man this this studio is well, freaking awesome it, you know i just moved in too like paul's seen it come together a lot um just since i've been in here so you know i said if you ever want to come in and record an ep or anything all right feel free uh, if you ever want to uh, i'm sure i'll hit you up for another podcast eventually i'll give you some give Man, you several months to anytime between you know but uh i really appreciate you taking the time anytime man and uh -huh. i will apologize again i think i think we were meaning for this to be a little bit shorter and i no, just kept on no this is perfect i bet we uh <laughs> I, I mean i couldn't i couldn't have you on and not talk with you so i wanted i asked the questions i wanted to ask and uh found out tons of stuff along the way which is the goal and now we get to hear you play Absolutely. I will say, uh, just to, uh, closing out the, because uh, I feel like I didn't really answer your last question about the Facebook thing. Uh, YouTube is where I'm going to have a lot of my content now. Focusing Good. on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Ryan Harmon Music. Yeah, tell everybody where we can find everything you got out there. On the uh, RyanHarmonMusic.com is where I've got pretty much all of my information, all links to everything. Uh, Facebook.com slash Ryan Harmon Music. Uh, on Instagram, I'm at Ryan Harmon Music. Twitter, I'm at Ryan Harmon Music, but Twitter, it doesn't do well for me. I don't me. do Twitter. Yeah, I, I've got one. When I put something on there, it gets two or three likes, yeah. you know, and uh, and I, I'll, I'll still put stuff on there every now and then, but uh, I, I know that people don't really gravitate to my Twitter, so I, I, that's a very weird are you still, are you still doing the COVID? <laughs> are you still doing the COVID shirts? I bought one of those when we were on the last podcast. Oh, thanks, I can't man. believe I didn't wear it today. I, well, I was w working at the university right before this, so they don't wear, let me wear T-shirts. Right. Unfortunately. Uh, but we, yeah, the, the COVID shirts, those uh, stopped. We did that for, I think, two or three weeks that those were available. Okay, okay. yeah. Um, but th those have stopped now. Uh, I will I – mean, I'm, I'm so transparent in my indecisiveness. Uh, I, I will have T-shirts eventually. Um, I'm, I'm kind of uh, – I've got so many different things I'm trying to 
I can, trying, trying I can figure out of, of wanting to do, but you know, I'm, I've got ideas of you know, I want to make face masks because that ain't going away. So I'm, I finally found we a website that face masks for our gym. Yeah, you know. I, I finally found a website that does not just absolutely rip you off on the because it's amazing to me, just you know, calling it like I see it, the fact that you have to pay twenty dollars for a mask that doesn't have any printing on it. That's before, and then with the printing on it, adds another four or five dollars. And that's what you have to pay for each mask. And so if you get 100 masks, you know, that's... We did uh, something like that. But it was like, it, it was still more expensive than I wanted it to be. But it was like $8 a mask with the it, printing that's, on it. That's, a, see, exactly. I had with, to get like 50 minimum though or something. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, and that may be the same company that I'd found. But, you know, it's, to me, that's more realistic. But the whole, I think a lot of people have kind of, unfortunately, taken advantage of the fact that people need masks. So there's a lot of... Uh, we there's the term price gouging has had a very uh, a very uh, certain definition this year, so I, I can't say for sure it's price gouging. There's a, there's a lot of theories. folks benefiting in <laughs> numerous ways from this little pandemic we found That's ourselves right. in. Uh, at least I keep hearing about it. But uh, man, you know, like I think we can just uh, set an example and be good people, and you can play music and make people feel happy or. Or whatever, give them something to connect with. I mean, that's been something that uh, when we were COVID bound, there's no live shows happening. You were you were live streaming, gave the podcast a shout out one night. Appreciate that. Oh, but you got it, that, man. That's uh, man. That, that's, that was a fun interview too. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm glad. Even though my my internet connection was not great, I thought it was fine, <laughs> was, man. When I was watching back at, at it, I, I noticed that every once in a while I'd be like, and then I. I and I'm like, ah, yeah. It happens, man. It happens. <laughs> that didn't help. I've had, I was doing one from my office at work last week, and it, and my MacBook was being weird about connecting to the Wi-Fi, and then I shut off and was able to use the data on my phone to finish the podcast. I, I have to do that a lot. <laughs> yeah, which I think that's how we ended up podcast or something. I can't remember. Maybe we were using your computer, but because I can't remember what the issue was. But man, I've I've been through all of it. So it's fun part. We 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 live in the rural part of the country. Where's that hundred and twelve hundred and ten million dollars worth of internet we're supposed to get? That's a uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, according <laughs> to Paul lives out uh, here uh, you know, outside of town towards uh, Dover and, and his internet speed, he's suffering too. So I'm like, Yeah, where's that hundred and ten million? They're supposed to do that just for you. You know. Yeah, we're we're we were we we're gonna have that. I, I think it's it's gone to uh, face shields and and rubber gloves and web <laughs> webcams for universities. Yeah. And, and yeah, they've got a better live stream set up than I do in here. So it, my, in my class, in all the classrooms, it's wild. Have all my students are not all, but like fourteen average are, are live streaming. They're not even there. They're just. You, can you see them on a screen or anything? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Well, I have them turn their camera off after I take attendance. You know, if they have a question, they just turn their mic on. Hey, Mr. Wilson. I'm like, hey, don't call me. That's weird. My name's Brian. <laughs> uh, but they'll be like, oh, in the tub, Mosey, what were you saying? I'm like, I, I don't I don't need to even bring this up because I don't want to give anybody any ideas. And it's something you've probably already had to deal with. But after you take attendance and you have them shut their webcams off. Oh, do they're you there. Have, I'm sure they're there the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll, I'll, I will. I, like, everybody will leave, and I'm, like, the last one out of the room. My physical students will leave, and then I'll look, and I'll see, like, three people on that. I'm like, you guys there? You got a question? Can I help you? You three, you names. And and they don't say anything. I'm like, all right, well, I'm turning it off. I'll sit there for a couple minutes. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, well, right on, man. Let's just a little sound check and uh, get tuned up here. So, sounds right good, on. brother. Signing off.